Hi everyone, Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here. Dr. Liz, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast. Before we jump in, please note that the podcast is not mental health treatment, nor should it replace mental health treatment. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so please feel free to contact me through my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Hi everyone, Dr. Liz here. It is my annual goal setting episode. I run this one every year and I really love doing it. Now this is 2021. So keep that in mind. It's going to influence this episode, how we set goals this year. We're going to talk about where do goals come from? What keeps us stuck? What types of goals can we set? And what helps us get unstuck? That's really important, right? The unstuck. And then how do we evaluate along the way? I do want to say that I do identify as a highly sensitive person, meaning like sounds and noise and light and clothing, like that type of thing affects me pretty significantly. It has all my life. But other than that, I consider myself pretty neurotypical. And you have to find the method that works for you. There are all kinds of methods out there. But they know that for the neuroatypical brain, that the like, traditional planners don't really work for them that well. Okay, they'll have the million stickies all over the desk, and that works better for them than like, oh, get a planner and make your list and this is how you break it down. That's more for a neurotypical person. So I just want to say that I've been learning more about the ADD, ADHD brain and that type of brain thrives on novelty. So using like one planner the whole year may not be enough novelty for them. Using a planner at all may not be enough novelty for them. So just keep that in mind as we go through this episode. I still think I have lots of great information for all kinds of brains and all kinds of people that hopefully will help you. But when I talk about planners, just keep that in mind, all right? I have about four pages of notes in front of me, and I'm going to try my best to condense those down to a manageable episode for you. So let's start with where do goals come from? Now, I just read a book called Personality Isn't Permanent by Benjamin Hardy. I've invited him onto the podcast, so hopefully I'll get to interview him as well and you'll get to hear it. And he has such good information in that book. I really think the book is more about like goals than it is about personality. But his overarching point of that book is that personality is very changeable and changes quite a lot throughout someone's life. So I want you to keep that in mind when you're setting your goals for the year. You can become the person that you desire to be. The only thing holding you back is your past, actually, and your past self that you identify with. So we used to think for like, well, I don't know, 100 years or something that personality was pretty permanent. We used to think that in psychology. But more recent research, this research study was done in Ireland 
over like 65, 70 years of a lifespan, (laughs) something like that, where they found that people's personality is not stable. It does not form in your adolescence and then boom, that's it for you. No, not at all. It changes significantly with events that happen, with goal setting, with where someone moves, who's in their life, who is in your life is extremely important to the kind of person that you are and whether you accomplish your goals or not. So it's quite, quite changeable. So I just want to say that here at the beginning. I'm going to talk about some of the information that Dr. Hardy shares on the episode today. And the first one of those is where do goals come from? So he says that goals come from exposure to something. So maybe you see something or you hear about something or you have an experience where you're like, hmm, maybe I can do that, right? Two, desire, wanting it. And three, confidence in the belief that you can achieve it. Now that third one is really important because people get really hung up on whether they can achieve it. So that leads us right into the next point of what keeps us stuck. There's four reasons that people stay stuck, according to Dr. Hardy. One, they're defined by past traumas that they haven't reframed. Two, they have an identity narrative based on past, not the future. Three, their subconscious keeps them consistent with their former self and emotions instead of their future self and emotions. And four, the environment that they're in supports their current self instead of their future self. So we're going to talk about all of these just a little bit more than me just listing them for you because they're really fascinating. So one is defined by past trauma that they haven't reframed. We have all kinds of traumas that happen in our life. Sometimes it's with a big T and sometimes it's with a smaller T. These can be as small as a teacher telling you that you're not good at math or you're not good at art or you could never be an engineer. And somehow that gets stuck in your mind and then you continue to live your life with that belief. So that's not working through the trauma. That's not releasing it. That's not being able to move forward in your life. Perhaps a larger trauma is you're in an abusive marriage. And let's say you even leave the marriage and you continue on your way, but you're holding on to trauma around that abusive marriage. You're reacting to things as if you were in the abusive marriage. So resolving trauma is really important to moving forward in your life. I found it really fascinating that he talked about this because I work so much with trauma in my practice. I work all with people all over the States, all over the world, actually. And a lot of my work is in resolving trauma so that you can move forward in your life so that it feels like it's in the past that's no longer in your present. And it's not controlling your reactions and how you feel and the decisions that you make, the goals that you set. And we're working with the subconscious mind there. That is his point number three. I'm not going to jump right there. Point number two is identity. You have an identity narrative based on your past, not the future. Again, this is related to defining yourself by past traumas and not being able to move 
forward. So we all have stories that go on in our heads about ourselves. Like I'm this kind of person or I do this or this is the kind of partner I am. And if you don't define those based on the self that you want to be, then you'll get caught in being the self that you are. So, you know, lots of people have good stuff about them, right? Like I basically consider myself a kind person, but I still set on my goal list to be a kind person, to be kind to my partner, to be kind to my children. Um, It's harder for me to be kind to my partner than it is to my children, right? So it ends up on my goal list because that is a person I want to be, not the person that I am. So when you begin to shift that identity narrative, shift that story about yourself based on your future self, then it makes it easier to become the future self, The point number three is the subconscious keeps you consistent with your former self and emotions. So again, that's a great fit for hypnosis because we're going in and we're rewriting subconscious beliefs, whether we're doing that in some type of file that you download or whether you're doing that with a resolving trauma or whether you're doing that in your own home. All right, I know that this particular thing keeps triggering me. So let me work on that even by myself, going into, am I going to be that person the rest of my life? Or am I creating a new belief about myself that I'm going to continue to act on, continue to meditate on, continue to visualize, reacting a different way? That might be one way you do it at home. The fourth point is that environment supports your current self instead of your future self. So this is really important. I have a blackboard in my home. I've had it a really long time. The kind you write on like with chalk, okay? And on the blackboard is some information, some quotes from Rob Bell. And it's been there for years, but it's about creating joy in my life, creating wisdom and going for the long-term goal not the short-term goal, the long-term goal that I'm going for to create healing in the world, to create happiness and joy and peace, not just in my life, but in others' lives too. That's an example of an environment supporting my future self. You can put up quotes. You can put up um, a book that was significant for you just as a reminder. Some people carry little coins in their pocket or they carry some phrase that they wrote and they stick that in their wallet or in their purse or something like that. There's still in my wallet a quote from a famous writer that it's been there like 20 years that's related to writing. And occasionally I'll pull it out and look at it. It's a way to support the writer in myself. I don't do a whole lot of writing these days other than my newsletter, but I used to do a lot more. And if I want to do more in the future, then that's got to go on my goal list, right? And that would be a quote that helps support that. This is also important in terms of creating a growth environment for your partner, for your loved ones, for your children. Putting up quotes on the wall or talking to them about like, who do you want to be when you step out the door this morning? Or how do you want to treat your family? I remember one time I had stopped over at a friend's house and his daughter came in and she had told a lie or something that he had found out about. And he said to her, I don't remember what their last name was. I think it was Diaz. He said, does a Diaz lie? And she shook her head no. 
And he said, that's right. Adias doesn't lie. We don't lie. We tell the truth, no matter how hard it is. That was an example of him creating an environment for her that supports the truth, that supports honesty, that supports growth in her. Like you're not going to be someone who lies, even though you just lied, right? Like you're going to be someone who tells the truth and I'm going to help you do that. So that's an example of how to do it with your kids. And parents are so important in that. A teacher can be really important in that. A teacher that supports growth and change versus, you know, keeping a student stuck putting them down or humiliating them in some way. I hear the most like awful stories, people like seriously, I don't know how some people become teachers or maybe they become burned out. Um, I like to believe that most teachers out there are in it for the right reasons and are really good and growth supporting. But hey, I hear some awful stories as well. I hope you have a better idea of what keeps people stuck and some tips about how to move out of that as well. So let's move more into even how to move out of that. There's three things that take place for high level motivation. This is very, very well researched, by the way, over decades. One, you have a clear and compelling goal or outcome. Two, you have a path or process that you believe will get you there. And three, you have a belief that you can execute and succeed. This is similar to what I said at the beginning of where do goals come from, but it's a little bit more focused on the goal. You cannot have hope without a goal, by the way. There's always a goal attached to hope. So if you want to create more hope in your life, create some goals. This was said to me a little bit differently last year by a friend. I was struggling with like the pandemic and will we ever be able to travel and all this stuff. And I said, I don't know. I don't know about life, right? (laughs) Just sort of an offhand comment. And he said, Elizabeth, you have to look for something that's going to give you hope. So he was like looking at um, vans to redo. He traveled all over the world before the pandemic and he couldn't do that. So he's like, okay, my goal is to create a van where I can travel through the US, right? And live in that van. So he's like, you've got to look online for like inspirational stories on YouTube or whatever so that you get some future goals going and you get some hope going. I was like, okay, great. It was really the support I needed at the time and it really helped me move out of that space. But keep that in mind, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling hopeless, set a goal that creates some hope in you. Use that as a process to come out of that emotional place. Now, what kind of goals can you set? We're going to talk about the path or process that you believe will get you there in just a little bit. But let's talk about what kind of goals that you can set. What kind of goals will give you hope? Now, We are still very much in the pandemic, even though the vaccines have arrived. There's still, I don't know, a long time before everybody is vaccinated and we feel like, you know, the pandemic is manageable or this has passed for sure. We don't quite know when it's going to pass still. So for me this year, I didn't set like international travel goals, right? It's not going to happen. No, I set more process goals. Process means like what 
kind of day do I want to have? What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of feeling do I want to have on a day-to-day basis? So you can set feeling goals like, okay, when I think about money, I don't want to get stressed and worried. That's a feeling goal, all right? I want to feel neutral or I want to feel calm or I want to feel happy. A process goal is what kind of person do I want to be? Kindness, like I talked about earlier. One way to tap into that is to ask yourself, if I could wave a magic wand and believe anything about myself, this is what I would believe about myself. This is how I would talk to myself. And then you work towards that. You're working towards that future self will form the person that you are. So it becomes like, who do you want to be type of goals? If you want to be proud of yourself, then what actions can you take in your life that create a sense of pride? And how do you practice that every single day? How do you catch yourself if you're starting to shame yourself? So, you know, I work a lot. I work a lot with overeaters and weight loss in my practice. And this is a big thing that people will shame themselves around food all day long. Or if they make a mistake, they go off their plan, then that sends them into a shame spiral. And they're like, oh my God, I can't recover. I might as well like eat the house now, (laughs) right? So we work on how not to shame yourself, how to reframe that and say, okay, I made a mistake. I had a hard day. And then I realized this is what I ate. So how am I going to plan for that hard day the next time it happens? Because it's going to happen again, right? Like nobody loses weight in a perfect world with no stress and nothing awful happens or nothing you know bad happens or nobody says boo to them. There's always something that happens. So we try to plan for that and also say, ultimately, your goal is to be proud of yourself. So let's tap into that. And obviously I have all kinds of hypnotic techniques where we tap into that, where we envision ourselves being that type of person. We envision the person that decides to take the dog for a walk or have a cup of tea or or reach out to a friend when stress hits instead of going through the drive-thru and stuff in your face or going into the break room at work and like eating all the donuts up. It's like, no, let's think of a different way. Okay, to handle the break room. Another type of goals are setting goals in different areas. In the book, Bliss Brain by Dr. Dawson Church, I just interviewed him on the podcast, episode 190, if you want to listen to that. He talks about setting goals at the beginning of the week to create a healthy brain. So that's in the area of diet, exercise, challenge, newness, and love. He identifies those areas as creating a healthy brain. Now we know that when we create novelty in our life, we have a dopamine release. Now, even if we're in quarantine, there's ways to create novelty, meaning like cooking something new, trying a new show, exercising in a different way, um, rearranging the house. That's all creating novelty, which creates dopamine and dopamine is the feel good chemical. So you want to create dopamine in your life. So challenge for him and newness is on that list. It creates dopamine. Exercise creates endorphins and dopamine. Again, two things that make you feel fantastic. Even though at the beginning, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to get out of bed. It's so cold. I don't want to exercise. It's like, all right, no. Set your environment up so that you climb out of bed, put the clothes and the shoes on, and you exercise, even if it's in your home, right? So that. You're envisioning the future self, the self 
30 minutes from then that feels great, that feels proud of herself or himself or their self. Diet is another way to do that, eating healthy brain foods. And then he puts love on there too. And there was many, many years where I set goals in the areas of work and business, health, family, and relationship, like romantic relationships slash love. So that's on his list. It sort of overlaps with that other list. There's also boom goals. A boom goal is blowing out our own minds. <laughs> okay, that's a boom goal. That one comes from Corinne Crabtree, who runs a podcast, Losing 100 Pounds. Fantastic podcast, by the way. I'm just going to give her a shout out. I'm not an affiliate there. You'll learn so much about losing weight from Corinne. But she calls them boom goals. Those are great goals. Goals that you think you could never accomplish set them out there. And then your mind will start to think about ways you can accomplish them. That gives you a couple of ideas about types of goals to set. Your long-term goals will often drive your short-term goals. Okay, so if I have a long-term goal of running a podcast, then the short-term goal is more of my weekly to-do list. And that may be watching the video about how to do a podcast or taking a course or something like that. If you're at the beginning, later, it's record the podcast, outline the episode or invite a guest, record it, edit it, do the art, all that stuff, right? One of my long-term goals is to help support people in transformation, in health, in all kinds of different ways. So one of those ways is free, which is why I do the podcast, right? It's a free way to help people. I'm considering running a free group for people who can't afford the higher price services, the more individualized services that I offer as a way to give back. Because I know that giving back helps me feel good about myself. It creates a sense of pride in myself. It really speaks to my value of service, So I give service in various ways, but that's like a a larger goal that I set to be of service. And then it's like, okay, now what does that translate to for your short-term list? Each week I sit down on a Sunday or Monday and I do two things. I use my dream book planner and I am going to say that I am an affiliate. I have been for a couple of years for the dream book planner. It is not an easy link. So just look in the show notes. The link is down there actually on like every episode because I love this planner so much. If you want to listen to an interview with the co-creator of the planner, Brianna Borton, I interviewed her in 2020 on the podcast And that's episode 148. She talks all about how the planner came into being. She and her husband put it together. But I sit down with my dream book planner and some little card stock that's about four by six. And I look at my practice calendar. So I have a paper calendar as well as an electronic one that I keep for my private practice clients. And I sit down with all of that. and make my goals for the week. So on my little four by six page, I write out, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. There's actually a version of the planner where you can do that. Um, I just don't use that particular one. I use one that's undated and a little more free flowing. And the one I use helps me focus more on gratitude, on habit changing, on forgiveness, on what's my focus for the week, what are my top three goals, 
What can I, what did I learn from last week? So it has all these questions in it about that, that I do on a weekly basis. And then on a daily basis, the gratitude list and the habit stuff like meditation, food planning. Um, let's see, what else did I do? Time outside. That's one I started last year that I found helped me so much through the pandemic is just to get outside and get a little sunshine, even if that's in my backyard every single day. So you have an area for that. That planner also has three-month evaluations where you can list your projects and what are you going to do for the next three months. Now, something in the Benjamin Hardy book, he says that keeps people on track is to do an evaluation of your goals about every three to four months where you sit down, you look at them, you say, okay, what have I accomplished? What's the progress that I've made? And what's a new goal? So looking at it that way. So the dream book planner helps me do that. Um, I will often add goals when they occur to me or add projects when they occur to me, but it just has a nice process for breaking down projects and putting a timeline on them that's really helpful for me. But that weekly page is a page that I keep out on my table that I can then check things off for the day. So I schedule things into that day. And then I also have some free floating stuff over on the right that could be done any day, but just has to get done that week or that I want to get done that week. (laughs) That's more like it for me. Things I want to do that week. So that process works for me really well. I actually looked at, I don't know, 10 to 15 planners thinking maybe I'll get a new one this year. And I was like, nope, none of them beat the dream book planner. So I'm sticking with it. But you have to find one that works for you. So I encourage you to look around and see which one fits me. Which one do I like? And then also feel free to change that as you go. So one year may use you may use one and another year, another one is more appealing to you. So these big goals, long-term, drive the short-term goals. Now I am gonna talk about another thing to help you get unstuck. Actually, two things to help you get unstuck if a goal is just not getting done. One of them is to check in with your purpose. So if you have a goal that's been on the board for a long time, you've got to go to your purpose to say, okay, what is the purpose behind this goal? So there was, this was years and years ago, someone who wanted to pick a new pediatrician for her kids and it had been there for months. And she's like, why haven't I done this? I'm like, okay, well, let's first check in with purpose. What's the purpose of picking a new pediatrician? Well, it's so that they have good health care, so that I make sure I'm being a good mom to them by supporting them with a good doctor, one that I feel like I trust. Great. That's a fantastic purpose. So you check in with your head and your heart. Then you break it down into small, simple steps. Small, simple steps. Okay. So getting a new pediatrician, the small, simple steps are first look for recommendations. We're online this in these ages, so that's pretty easy to do. Look for online recommendations and ratings. Gather three names. Check to see if those names are your insurance if you're on, in the U.S. Then call the practice and ask your questions or visit, make an appointment and visit and see if you like them. So it starts getting broken down into steps that are manageable, simple, and small to reach the larger goal. So that's one thing. This formula comes from Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, who does 
lots and lots of work on like memory and goal setting and goal accomplishment and speed reading, all kinds of stuff. And his formula is P2 times 3S. P2 is purpose times two. Check in with your heart and your head. 3S, small, simple steps. Okay, so there may be some part of that formula I'm missing. I'm not sure. I'm just doing it from memory. But anyway, that always helps me is like if I'm getting stuck on a project, I break it down into smaller steps. So there was a video course that I wanted to watch last year and it's pretty extensive. It was hours and hours of video and it was on my list every week. And I thought, oh, geez, I didn't do that this week. I didn't do that this week. So I said, okay, Elizabeth, you've got to break this down into smaller steps. So I put on my list for the next week, watch 15 minutes of one video. I said, okay, I can do that. So that's what I started with. And once I watched 15 minutes, it was pretty easy to watch another 15 minutes. But I worked my way through that whole program by small, simple steps. That's it. So whenever you're getting stuck, think of that. Now, the second tip for when you're feeling stuck is to really think of what your future self would want and do. I work with this concept all the time in weight loss in particular. What would your future self do? Would she eat the cookies? Would she go by the drive-thru? Or would she say, you know what? I'm just going home for the night and that's going to feel really good for me. I don't have to eat in my car and I don't have to get all messy. And I'm sure I can have something at home that feels soothing to me. Because overeating is a lot about like soothing, self-soothing. So what can you do at home that's healthy, that feels soothing? And it's really tapping into that future self. Now, an easy way to do this is in the morning, just take a couple of minutes to journal, set your intentions for the day, how you want to be, what you want to get done that day. And if you've written this earlier in the week, you can just look over your list. Then close your eyes for 20 seconds and visualize yourself doing something on that list. So you can visualize yourself doing something really hard that perhaps you don't want to do, or you can visualize yourself doing something easy that's going to feel good. But at the end of that visualization, you're imagining yourself feeling really good and proud of yourself that you did it. Right now, since your eyes are already closed and you're visualizing This is an easy lead in to just a couple of minutes of meditation. It could be longer if you want, but you're already relaxed probably. Your breathing's probably already slowed down. You've already started moving your brain waves into a calmer state. So if you could stay there just for a couple of minutes in an even breath or say a mantra, whatever type of meditation practice works for you, visualizing your future self visualizing how you want to be in the world, then wonderful, right? That's another way to get unstuck. All right, people, I hope that all of this helps you. Remember to take what you need and leave the rest. I'm going to end with a quote here, two quotes, actually. One is from Byron Katie, who says, life is simple. Everything happens for you, not to you. And then One from Benjamin Hardy, your past isn't happening to you. Your past is happening for you. 
So what that means is the more that you can think of yourself as that is the past, it happened for me so that I can move into the self that I want to be and accomplish the things that I want to accomplish, then the better your life is going to feel, the more that you can access that. Your past has happened for you so that you're at the place you are now and you can create the person you want to be and do the things that you want to do. All right, everyone. Peace. truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com, D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis. So if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful week. Peace.